Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Huge podcast as we count down to the Sandown Cup this Friday night in Melbourne town. All roads lead to Sandown for a huge night of racing. The end of the the May Carnival, and I'm really looking forward to this podcast. We're going to chat with a few form experts. Jason Adams, one of those as well. We're going to chat with Nathan Rooney, and if that's not enough, let's get to know Jason Bonington. He is... Not really an up-and-coming uh, media sensation because he's been around a while, a little bit up-and-coming when it comes to the Greyhounds, but he's absolutely loving it. So we're going to learn a little bit more about Jay Bon. Looking forward to that and a lot more as we count down to this year's Sandown Cup. Run of the week. Well, run of the week time, and wasn't there a few last week? The heats of the Sandown Cup, absolutely outstanding. The Sapphire Crown, well... How do we put it? Uh, wow, she's fast. I think would have won the Sapphire Crown. Unfortunately, she was dragged down. She sustained no serious injuries, but took no real part in the race. And baby JC, a well-deserved win for her. Amron Boy, breathtaking uh, in the Harrison Dawson, but he was drawn to do exactly that. The race that I've made the, the run of the week from last week wasn't even a feature race. It was race number nine, the fast class free for all. And I thought this race had it all. Umberto setting the speed, Hector Forley flashing home, and Crackerjack RT just able to stave them all off. So this is what I've gone with, not just for the winner, but the top three. I thought they put on a real show in race nine last week. Racing slow, Hector Forley flying out Umberto, and Patty wants Pats up on the outside. Railing was Crackerjack RT, and also Hector Forley. Behind them was Titan Blazer with Black Sail, and back to the rear is Yvonne Bale and Ike Bale. Down the back, it's Umberto, the leader. After it was Crackerjack RT, T and Paddy wants Pat. Hector Forley closes in behind them and then Black Sail on the swing. It's Umberto in front. After it was Crackerjack RT. Railing home was Hector Forley. Charging home, Crackerjack RT. Big win by Crackerjack RT. Hector Forley, he's run a ripper as well. Umberto knocked up third. Fourth was close. Black Sail, Paddy wants Pats. Not much in it from Zivon Bale. Tight. He got the name right too. Crackerjack RT, Dan Hibbard. Speaking of, Dan, he'll join the podcast in just a moment as well to give us every everything from the the, uh, the broadcast box. But, yeah, I thought that race had it all with Umberto setting that crack tempo and then Crackerjack RT, Hector Forley flashing home. It was a, a mouth-watering clash in the ninth on a big night of racing last week. Thursday's preview. Let's take a look. It's not Thursday night's preview, Friday night's preview for the uh, the big ones. So don't turn up to Sandown Park on Thursday because there will be nothing happening, let me tell you. Uh, 12 on the program, Friday night first to bounce at 8 past 7 for the big night. Race 1, the Terrelgan to Sandown final. I'm going with three Lakeview Lottie on top. Um, I just think she's been a little bit unlucky and her run behind Soda Apache was really strong in a heat. So her best form here at Sandown, I think good enough to win the race, uh, carries a 29.55 PB into this, which should be enough to be competitive. Race two, uh, Zulu Blast. This looks uh, a seriously good greyhound. He's overcome the two sticky draws in his first two starts and looked emphatic in both. There's no reason why he can't make it three from three, a member of a very, very good litter. Uh, race two, number two on top. Race three, Big Energy might just about be the best dog in the country right here, right now. Um, his form last three starts has been out of this world. So I think he'll continue that. Maybe not a betting proposition. The draw's tricky, but he's going to be a long odds on favourite and he probably should just win. Race four, the Race Callers Showdown. Group three, special event match race, 595 over 
$13,000 to the winner. So it's a very good prize money. On with Hector Forley. Um, I was a little bit concerned that he may well not have backed up after the 7.15 run, but I think he proved last week that was as good as he'll go over 500 metres chasing home in 29.20 and just getting nabs. So, um, yeah, I think Hector Forley's going to be too good for punters Bandit, who's no blowover, put it that way. I think she'll run a big race. On then to race five, a mix three and four, going with three captain Larry. I think he could just about land in front from the draw and take some beating. It's a strong race with Crackerjack Bull and Crackerjack RT in that, just to name a few. There are a few of my favourites. Race six, the Lizreen, effectively the consolation of the Sandown Cup. I'm going Palawa King. Just think he looked a little bit awkward through the, the corner, the, the, the catching pen corner the first time around, so I think he's going to take great benefit from that. Uh, solid run when third. He's always slow to go, though, so don't expect he's going to jump uh, any better than what he did last week. But he is a very, very good stay. And when Ray Smith brings one down, they normally perform well. Race 7, the Bill Collins showdown this time. 12,000 to the winner match race with Kelsey Bale and Amron Boy. It'll be a stirring battle, but I think Amron Boy, um, he's back. He's in the zone. And when you go through their age prize money, both of them with over a quarter of a million dollars in aged prize money, which is a way that GRV used to grade uh, not too long ago. So, yeah, look, I'm with Amron Boy. Um, I just think he's got the speed to cross Kelsey Bale, but if he doesn't cross Kelsey Bale, he's going to be all out trying to beat her. It's going to be a, a tricky clash, that one. Then on to the big one, the Sports Bet Sandown Cup. We'll chat with the form experts in just a moment, but I'm going uh, quarter on top number four. Not a great deal of conviction. It is a really tough race. Um, it, it's even hard to work out the speed, Matt, other than the fact you'd expect Untapped to lead. Who gets up outside of Untapped is a question mark. Osprey Athena should begin better. Sipping Orlando's got speed. It's it's a mouth-watering clash, and even Dirt Farmer can go forward. So it is a, a jam-packed field for the Sandown Cup and jam-packed with, uh, with genuine contenders. Race number nine... Uh, tricky little 595 race. I'll go with Fab's Vegetable number two. Uh, he won for us two starts ago on the podcast and went really good at the Meadows. So if he can bring that form across, he should be hard to beat. Race number 10, I'm going to go with number two, Power of Silence. I think the Red will lead. I think he can follow the speed and be pretty hard to beat. Race 11, again doing what I did with Flip Your 50 at the Meadows. It didn't work out last Saturday. Tipped him to run a place. He was an eye-catching fourth. But I might do the same here. I think he'll storm home late. Uh, and he hopefully can pick up a top three. And then race 12, I like Loic Bale. I think this race could go exactly the same way as it did for her at her Meadows victory last time when Slingshot Woody led underneath of Loic Bale. They've drawn the similar type of draws here, and Loic Bale was too strong late. So I think uh, that may well just about go to script here once again. Hunters Hunting Club. Well, look, I don't really have a best bet on the program. I do like Hector Forley in the match race, but uh, just because this is the Sandown Cup meeting, uh, Premier Victorian staying race, I'll have $25 each way on quarter. But uh, chances are you're going to lose. Uh, gambler's help, one 858 or gamblinghelponline.org.au for free online confidential support. Form Expert. Well, it's nice to have the form expert, Jason Adams, on the podcast to chat about the Sandown Cup this Friday night. Jace, welcome back, mate. You must be pumped for Friday night. Pumped, Jim, and say what, fair chance to turn up Thursday night and say where is everyone. But, uh, no, looking forward to Friday night. Big night last Thursday, so 
Are we going to get better this time around? I honestly reckon a lot of punters are going to be doing that. They're going to open up the form on Thursday morning like a kid on Christmas going, let's open the presents and take a look at this Sandown Cup and go, oh, no, we've got to, uh, we've got to wait. Yeah, where are the scratchings? What's going on? <laughs> we've got to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> but, uh, Jace, what did you make of last week, mate? Harrison Dawson, Sapphire Crown, heats of the Sandown Cup was a big night of racing. It was. It was great. And although the two group ones were a little bit messy, I mean, the... The, the drama surrounding him and the, the storyline that ended up producing was just so exciting. I mean, wow, she's fast. We were so close to be on back-to-back, but in the end, baby JC deserves her group one win, which has been uh, chasing so well for a period of time. And similar story with Emron Boy as well. I mean, we know how fast he's been for so long, but the, the feature race wins have been quite thin. So now we stacked the a couple of those up, and then likewise too, he's been runner-up in so many races. So two great winners who certainly deserve their, their Group 1 wins. And do you reckon, well, she's fast on face value. Luckily, she pulled up injury-free effectively, no serious injuries. Do you think we'll see her race again? I reckon yes. I think yeah. if we didn't, they would have made that decision over the weekend. I think they sort of see how she pulls up, and from what we know, it's not awfully serious. So fingers crossed we see her race again because... As we know, she's one of the, the biggest draw cards that the sport's ever had. Yeah, and look, if she crosses like she almost did in that sapphire, it was all over, no doubt about that. Sandown Cup this Friday night. Corborn Magic's the early favourite with Zipping Orlando. So the punter's expecting, or the bookie's expecting, the prize money's going to head north. What do you make of the race, mate? What are your early thoughts on the Sandown Cup? Well, as soon as the box took place, I looked at it and thought, right, what's going to happen here? So we expect to see speed from Untapped, which is going to fancy or favour Corbin Magic and we saw what he did last week and it's just textbook Corbin Magic to settle off the pace uh, worked hard and finished over the top so I think he's really well placed to win if there's one outside of that top couple probably quarter I think we've got a reminder over the past couple of weeks about how important it is to begin well and, and run 700 metres and that combination of doing that and then none do it uh, many better than, than what he does and on, on a very consistent basis. Uh, Moraine Susie's going to storm home, as we know, but I think Corbo Magic gets the run of the race. He can clearly go quicker than what he did last week, so I hope he can get to sit and, and finish over the top. Thanks again, as always, Jace. Uh, supreme, as always, mate. Good luck with the Sandown Cup. Judy, mate. Appreciate it. Tough. Inside Info. Well, a little bit of a different inside info segment, a bit of a new look to it. We're going to get to know an industry participant who I think has fallen in love with Greyhound Racing as a bit of a media personality, a bit of a media star. I speak of Jay Bond, Jason Bonington, and he's on the podcast that he's been waiting a long time to come on. Jay Bond, how are you, mate? This is the greatest privilege of my life, uh, Jim Bob. I've asked you so many times. They say you shouldn't beg to be invited to a party, but I've begged for a fair while, and... Uh, yeah, look, I don't have the industry knowledge that you do or Corey Smith or Jason Adams or Jason Lincoln or Hitchabaya, but tell you what, I have fallen in love and I know the Greyhounds a lot better than I ever expected I would. And you know what's undeniable? The passion in your voice for, for when you're working on SEN track, whenever you're talking about racing as a whole, you, you've just got a real passion for the sport itself, don't you? Well, I do. I mean, I, I started out as a thoroughbred fan as a kid like most do in racing unless they've got a association and then fell in love with harness racing about 20 25 years ago and then uh, finally got into the sport but greyhound racing it's quite incredible over the last five six seven years how much i've gotten to love greyhound racing and this is a little secret uh, hopefully this isn't going to air i think i win more on dogs than i do on the trots these days because 
honestly, you guys are just elite. You and uh, and others are just elite, but I've learned so much. And I reckon it is one of those games where if you listen and you learn, you can find your way to actually make a profit, which isn't the case in many other sports. We, we've spoken about this on air plenty of times. In Greyhound Racing in particular here in Victoria, literally every bit of information you could possibly require is at your fingertips. If you download the Watchdog app, you can click on replays, you can go back through the races, you can look at stewards' reports, you can literally do anything uh, by clicking on the GRV website or downloading the uh, the Watchdog app. So it's, it's, it's a sport that you can become familiar with, I think, so quickly. And, and having that information at the end of your hand at your fingertips is, is just so, so easy as a punt. Well, at the end of the day, Jim Bob, one thing I worked at early in life, humans are the worst. And if there's no human intervention, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. The dogs are out there to run and uh, they're not being driven. They're not being ridden. So if you can find your early speed, if you can find your overall speed, if you can find the ones that want to win, that don't want to win, um, you can normally find more winners than not. Having said that, these staying races, and we're about to discuss the Sandown Cup, they have become quite hard for me personally, and I think a lot of people, because um, they're pretty even, there's probably no standout, and um, the patterns are quite hard to follow. So hopefully between the two of us, we can find the winner of the Sandown. You do make a good point there that, that staying racing can be tricky because the I, I guess when you're looking at sprint races, finding the leader, you probably find 40% of the winners, which isn't the case in, in staying racing. So I think speed maps probably come into it a little bit more. But you did touch on just a moment ago about your involvement, how you got into racing as a whole and have slowly transitioned across to the Greyhounds. But what what was it that really drew you in to the dogs, apart from the fact that you say you're winning on the punt now on the doggies, which is always nice? Was there was there anything else you loved about the, the thrill of Greyhound racing? No, I've got, I've got to tell you, I really, I um, I started working with uh, George Frugier and a couple of others, Jason Adams, from the station that I don't work at now, I work at the other one, um, and just discussing it and hearing their passion which is why I, I'm so keen on being so passionate in what I do because their passion was evident. And then Jess Tubbs, a great friend of mine and a wonderful trainer in harness racing, moved to the Meadows for a period. And I got more involved. But I'll tell you what, the more I learned and met the personalities, it is very much like harness racing. And I love those people. I love the people as much as the animals in greyhound racing. They're so down to earth, so open with their time. Some of them need to be prodded. Jimmy, when you want an interview, but as soon as they do an interview, they're normally pretty happy. Well, I, I can confirm, mate, that you are a lover of the people because I frequently get people message me saying I have run into J-Bon um, at an establishment in the city where you can play card games and whatever else, and, and they often say that they'll spend many, many hours with you drinking and, and enjoying a, a night out, J-Bon. So you've, you've proven in many ways, mate, you're a man of the people. Well, I just think... These are, you know, when you're in the industry, the great game, no matter what code you're in, um, these people are your constituents, your friends. And I love running into people who love greyhound racing or love harness racing in particular because I can talk about it all day and all night like you can, Jim Bob. So why not? If you find somebody who wants to talk about it with you and they're willing to maybe buy you a schooner of stone and wood, (laughs) why wouldn't you sit there and have a chat? It's a very, very good point, mate. And you've you've lobbed at SEN Trackers 
one of the, the, the number ones when it comes to hosting in there and you do the lids fly and many other uh, important race nights. You must be loving that role because there's a, a clear connection, I suppose, with, with SEN Track trying to, to really involve their listeners. And, and like you say, mate, there's nothing better than having a, a beer, sitting down with a uh, another person who loves the sport as much as you do. And, and you've got a network of followers who are exactly that. But Greyhound Racing, well, in many ways in the last few years, but Greyhound Racing, I reckon, has been the biggest winner from SEN track, um, chasing, pacing and racing and all the rest of it. But to be honest, Jim Bob, and you've heard us say this many times and you would have seen these texts, so many people saying, I never followed Greyhound Racing, but I've been watching or listening or engaging with the education from people like yourself and, and Mitch Bay, the Peacock, the World Cup King, and all of a sudden... They get ingratiated, and let's be really honest, 90% of revenue and the sport comes from turnover, and if we can get people interested and then get them having a bet, that is the key, and nothing makes me happier than receiving those texts saying, we weren't into this sport, but we are now, because once you're in, as you know, Jim Bob, it's like the mafia. It's very hard to get out. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good way to look at it. I think it's important to get people punting, but but try and get them punting successfully. Give them the reasons why. And I think, obviously, the Peacock's very good at, at giving, you know, the reason why he's tipping a greyhound and trying to educate those those listeners out there because the last thing you want to do is, is blow your money when you're having a punt. Obviously, you gamble responsibly. You never gamble more than you can afford to lose. But it's always nice if you can start the day with 100 and end up with 120 and, and have had a couple of bets and enjoyed your day as well. Well, I hate doing this, but thoroughbred punting, I did it for many years, and I think everybody expects to go and lose 200 at the retail yeah. venue on Saturday. Um, maybe in harness racing, if you get it right, you can win. If you don't, it's very, very situation dependent on drivers and tactics. With greyhound racing, I do believe the education, and like I say, we don't have one person. We've got you, we've got... Um, Toddy Gray, we've got Brandon Ryan, we've got Mitchell Bayer, Corey Smith and others. And the education, I reckon, from SEN track has been superb to the point where people feel – I think people feel like they need to know what they're doing. You've got to teach a man to fish. So we can give the tips, but I might have a great night or a bad night. You might or, or, or Peacock might. But if we educate them, they can make their own decisions, can't they? Oh, 100%. And I think as well uh, we, we have to stress – to gamble responsibly and, and I think that's something that, that you and the Peacock have, have really pushed in the last couple of years on SEN track is 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 punting responsibly and, and punting with a bit of reason behind it. Now, speaking of having a punt, Sandown Cup final uh, this Friday night, not to be confused not a Thursday night, it's a Friday night this week for the big one. What do you, what do you make of the race and, and how do you how do you see it playing out? Because it's uh, look, I personally have found it a really hard race to try and sift and sort out I suppose. Well, you are very close with Dustin Drew, and you've been big on untapped. It's drawn one. It should lead, but everything else is a bit of a mystery, isn't it? I'm I'm tipping Moraine Susie on top for a former harness racing man, Brendan Purcell, who has won this race in recent years with Bronski Beat. I was just mesmerised by its performance. Quarter is switched on uh, more recently, I've found Quarter very, very hard to catch at different times. But right now, he seems to be feeling it. But Untap might be able to burn these off. Corborn Magic drawn too. But I'm wondering whether you think maybe, even though it was run down in 
Let's see whether Untap might be able to open enough of a margin here that makes it very hard for everything else to win. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I think she's definitely the leader, and, and I did speak to Dustin Drew this week um, privately, and he sort of said to me that she's going as well this year as she was last year, and she won the race. But I, I just feel you, you want to speed map the greyhound who's sitting behind her, because if, if it's a quarter lobbing within a length or two of untapped and just getting that slipstream run, I think quarter will be too good. If it's Moraine Susie or Corborn Magic sitting close, they will run straight over the top of untapped, I think, in the concluding stages. But if you back untapped, you know you're going to be that front runner and if there is any chaos I suppose in the first 100 metres, she could be off and gone. So, let's stop beating around the bush, Jay Bond. You're a greyhound expert now, mate, on this podcast. Who's winning it? Give us one. I'm not a greyhound. Well, I just love the greyhounds. I'm going Moraine Susie over first picked, over quarter, over untapped, but yeah, Moraine Susie just impressed me so much that I am, uh, I'm going with it, but it will be price dependent and there will be late fluctuations. But Moraine Susie, for me, more importantly, people don't want to hear from me and my tips. Jimmy Vandermark, who are you going with? Yeah, look, I'm leaning towards quarter, to be honest. I just think the Corborn Magic, Moraine Susie will miss, untapped will lead, and quarter could lob leaders back. That was the way I saw the race. But I've given a huge, huge chance to both Moraine Susie and, and Corborn Magic. I, I think we forget how good Moraine Susie is. She won the Top Gun Stayers last year, and I think a lot of punters maybe, with her form just tapering off a little bit over the last couple of months, have forgotten about her. And, yeah, it was just a run to say I might be back in form last week. But... Jay Bond, it's been good having a chat with you, mate, on this podcast. It's been overdue a little bit too long, I think it's fair to say. So it was nice to get you on, and I'm hoping it's not the first time last time. First time of many is what I'm hoping from you, Jay Bond. Well, I can tell you this, Jim Bob, I've, I've enjoyed it, as I knew I would, and this is the credibility I need. See, I, I need the credibility of you and the Green Light On podcast because I do love greyhound racing. I think some people out there might think, that you're a harness racing man, but I love greyhound racing. And with your ability, they might realise it. God bless you, mate. From the broadcast box. The voice of the Sandown Cup on Friday night, Daniel Hibbert, is raring for a chat on the podcast, mainly because after Friday night, he's got to call the footy locally on Saturday. And then he tells me it's a little brief holiday, a little bit of a getaway for him. Uh, Hibbo, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well, Dave. Very well. Yeah, looking forward to... Uh, a bit of a uh, bit of a break for a, a day or so just to re- recharge the battery. I think they would need some charging, mate, because you have been working overtime, as we know. You do the nursing job as well. And, and every time I turn a TV on, Daniel Hibbert's calling. But this Friday night, you're at Sandown Park calling the Sandown Cup. You called the Heats last week. What do you make of the race? Yeah, it's a really good uh, final. I mean, we probably there's a, probably a couple of the seeds didn't sort of get through. But uh, on the whole, I think it's... Uh, uh, a really even field, really uh, competitive race, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, an enthralling contest on Friday night. Do you have a soft spot for Untapped? You called the race last year, and I think for for her to be in the form that she's now in off that, that heat run, A, it was a huge training effort because she's been such sparingly raced, um, but B, she's, she's getting older, and yet she's been able to perform it the way she did, even though she was run down. Untapped's run last week was was a really, really good, solid, sound effort. And a, I think a run that suggests she's going pretty much as well as we heard from Drewy privately that I've mentioned on this podcast as she was last year. 
Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's what I sort of mentioned in the call. Like, when she went to the back straight, it was like watching a video from last year. I mean, it was the same set of circumstances. She was out in front. I mean, this time she did get run down, but I think, you know, hadn't had that run over the, the 700 for a bit. Uh, and, you know, listening to her, you know, what uh, Julie's had to say on uh, the Sandown Facebook page, it suggests that they've pretty much copied what they've done last year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it looks like it's uh, all unfolding really well. And given that she's drawn the low draw, if she gets out and leads, she's certainly going to give something to chase. And, uh, you know, you, you'd rather be out in front than trying to make up a ton of ground from the back. What do you make of these Sydney dogs? The the market suggesting they are the runners to beat, even though Zipping Orlando was run down by Corder, who I thought uh, was very, very good going straight past Zipping Orlando, and, and Corborn Magic, who's just got that trademark powerful finish. What do you make of those two, and do you think they should be the top of the market, or if you were framing the market, would you have untapped as the, the runner to beat at the top of the tree? Oh, it's, it's, it's a really hard one. I, do, I think untapped. Having a look at the price, she's about she's at four twenty, and I reckon that's probably about right. I wouldn't think this would be any shorter than that. And I mean, the other two, Corborn Magic and, and Zipping Orlando, they're both at three dollars eighty. So I mean, it's they deserve to be sort of towards the top of the market. I was probably a touch disappointed with Zipping Orlando's run. I mean, the way it found the front and uh, you know just ran along and was out clear of quarter, and you thought, well, it's all over. But he uh, he was really disappointing, I think, over the last sort of hundred and fifty meters. So. He'll want to improve, and you would expect that he will. But, um, yeah, it's hard to get enthused on uh, what was a, a bit of a disappointing run, even though he did run second. And uh, Corboy Magic was, uh, was was quite good and uh, did the job well. Um, but, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting race. And um, I, I dislike Untapped because of, it didn't seem to be flowing for her and going, uh, going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, she gets that gets that lead and gets a bit of break on them, they're going to be ha- going to have to be good to chase it down. I normally ask for a tip in the race, but this time I want to go a little bit away from how I would normally ask for a tip. And what I'm going to demand from you, uh, Daniel Hibbert, is a little bit of a phantom call of the last 100 metres in order to get your selection, which I'm starting to think might just be untapped. Are you able to give us the last 100 metres? You did let me know that you were in front of a screen with the odds, so you've got the field there. Can you give us something? Uh, we'll see how we go, mate. We'll see how we go. <laughs> I love it. Off the back, it's untapped out in front. Four lengths clear. Trying to run on with Zipping Orlando. Moraine Susie working through the pack with Corborn Magic. Quarter running on. Around the turn, untapped still in front. Two lengths in front. They're coming at it, but untapped will go back to back. Untapped first. Zipping Orlando has run second ahead of Moraine Susie. Then Corborn Magic quarter. First pick, Dirt Farmer and Osprey, Athena at the rear. Beautifully done. Uh, supreme as always. Uh, terrific work, Dan. Good luck with the call, mate, Friday night and uh, untapped. I tell you what, if she wins, I'm expecting you to go bananas. <laughs> yeah, fair chance, mate. Fair chance. Form expert. Oh, it's a big addition for the Sandown Cup here on the Green Light on Premier Racing Podcast. And we've now got Nathan Rooney, a form expert who's been on the pod for the last few weeks. And this is the grand final. This is what it all boils down to. The biggest night of staying racing, I reckon, in Victoria, the Sandown Cup. And Roondog, what are you What are you doing, mate, Thursday night? Speed map, talk to me. Talk to me how this race plays out. Yeah, well, it's a hard race to uh, to work out, James. I've had a look at it numerous times already over the weekend. And I know last week I, I said to take the $4.50 all-in market zipping Orlando. Um, 
he must probably ran out of steam the other day, didn't he? But he looks like he's going to go with untapped early here, um, which for me is most probably the undoing of untapped. I like seeing untapped, you know, highballing by herself out in clear air. But I think Zipping Orlando is going to put the uh, acid test on straight out of box rise. And for me, she's most probably a little bit of the unders on a speed map. I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking Osprey's Athena shows more speed than she did last week. She didn't really ping out off the red as we expected. Um, obviously, caught her first picker a handy. I reckon on a speed map, James, I've, I've tried to look for a dog that's most probably just going to let the speed unfold, but get a get a nice draw through. And uh, I actually like on an each value basis, Moraine Susie. I, mm. I think at the six dollars and a dollar eighty, Football Magic more inclined to whip around dogs. Um, Untapple show speed and get up. Quarter stays mid track. First pick stays mid track. Dirt farmer mid track. So if she's happy on the, you know, the poster first time to sit on the fence, I reckon she can lob balls off this here. And um, I was taken by the way she hit the line last week after a little luck and I think at the price she's the one that I want to be on on an each way basis in a very hard race I thought the punters may well have forgotten how good Maureen Susie was uh, obviously I was incorrect because you're all over her she is going to come with a flourish at the end there's no doubt about that I, I personally like Corder because I think he can lob uh, very very close to leaders back behind untapped but there is going to be some some extraordinary finishes I think Corborn Magic's going to thump home Maureen Susie's going to going to hit the line from a betting perspective the markets are out um, you're saying each way more rain, Susie. Is there any other way you'd play the race? Is there one worth playing? Maybe even a place bet on, like something like Corborn Magic, who can who can storm home and and pick up a top three, or even a same race multi room. What have you got for me, mate? I need a little bit more from you. Okay, well, I'd be I'd be having first pick in a in a same race multi to finish in the top four. He's twelve dollars and two seventy five. I think he's going around at a big price. I thought his uh, heat win was very good. Um, I don't think Box 5 is really going to matter. He's another one that's kind of just going to sit off that speed on my speed map, you know, running, you know, 6.15-ish early while untapped. Dipping Orlando are going to cut at each other and run, you know, very low sixes. Um, Court is most probably on speed, as you mentioned, not far behind him. So I'm looking for that, you know, that batch that's just off the speed. Uh, Dipping Orlando, I think, is the best dog, but... I'm still not convinced how strong a 700 he run. You know, it, it's hard to take on a, a, a John and Minnie Finn train runner because they'll be primed for the final. He had a 12-day gap between his last run and the heat run. So that might have just topped him up perfectly. But he, he certainly was most probably had enough straightening for home in the heat. Um, and he's not going to get it all his own way in front this week. So I'm trying to work off them belts just off the speed. Um, certainly Corbore Magic strong. Moraine Susie strong. Quarters in career best form. He's been, you know, always around the money in group races. And he probably gets his chance here to knock um, a big group one off. First pick's most probably over the odds. Osprey Athena and, and Dirt Farm are the two that I, I'm, I'm happy to be uh, opposing here. I, I can't see either of them two winning. But um, I want to take on the two speed dogs, Ipping Orlando and Untap. Leave uh, Osprey Athena and Dirt Farmer are most probably, you know, trifecta first four players at best. And Corbin Magic Moraine Susie quarter and first pick of the four for punters that I'd be working uh, my numbers around. I love it. Uh, very, very in-depth analysis, and the punters out there who have tuned into the Green Light On podcast have got it all from so many different form experts on this edition of the podcast. Now, Rooney, I'm, I'm very grateful that you've come back on the podcast after I labelled Aston Luciano the run of the week after he uh, he buggered up in a in a 500 metre race last week at the Meadows for good prize money, but. Uh, 
A, you must have been disappointed he got beat because if he gets through off the back straight, he wins that boy. Um, but B, the flip side, he's a young dog with a huge engine and, and I reckon you're going to be taken on a, on a nice ride with a, a very, very handy city-class uh, young pup in the kennel. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, he's got a lot of uh, natural ability, James. He's certainly uh, still learning the caper and as we've seen uh, a week ago, can do things wrong. He doesn't know whether to go inside or outside and... And what to kind of do as yet? He's only had five starts, but um, he's certainly metropolitan class, and he'll be uh, he'll be back at the Metro Circuit Saturday night at the Meadows, and um, hopefully uh, going a couple better than he did the other night. Hey, he's a young dog with a big motor. If you had to describe him as a person in the greyhound racing industry, you know, doing a little bit wrong time to time, and and losing when he maybe should have won the other night, uh, who would you label him as? Well, it's a very, very interesting question. Now, he's certainly not like me or you. He's not, certainly not boisterous. He's a very quiet and uh, sedate kind of boy that's a, a little bit uh, subdued. So um, he's most probably none of the types that we knock around with, James, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fine answer, Rooney. Uh, thanks again, mate. Enjoy RSN. We're recording this Monday night. You're about to get back on there and tear that apart. Um, good luck with that. And, uh, yeah, uh, we, we just love your work here. It's as simple as that. Wonderful, mate. I'll speak to you soon. And, uh Enjoy the Sandown Cup. It'll be a, a cracking race, I'd imagine. A very even Group 1 final to finish off uh, what's been a, a super few weeks at Sandown. Well, that's it for this episode. It was jam-packed. We've got uh, just about every form expert in the game on this one. So we've had uh, a broad look at the Sandown Cup. Plenty of different tips up there. Who knows how it's going to play out. It's going to be a ripping race either way. Until next time, partners, safe travelling. And as always, happy punting.